Hello, everyone. I'm Melina. And I'm Aditi. Welcome to an episode of Yakin' About Bojack. Yes, welcome. Melina, what did you think about this episode? I should be asking you that. I feel like you have a lot of opinions. I do have a lot of opinions. <laughs> do you feel like season two, you were concerned season two didn't really have a plot. Do you feel like you're starting to see season two's plot now? No. <laughs> it feels like it's going everywhere. It is going everywhere, but I feel like it is very much, and so much of season two is really in the middle of all these current events. Like, it feels very relevant. And we're watching this. Keep in mind, this is season two, episode seven. Hank After Dark came out in 2015. We are now mm. in 2021. And does mm. it still feel relevant, Melina? Well, right now, it's hard to say because I think the only thing that's been on my mind for the past year is the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but even um, amid uh, the pandemic, I feel like this episode is still, and it's about sexual abuse um, and sexual mm. assault allegations, sexual harassment allegations, especially towards celebrities, about uh, women facing hate, about standing up, not just women, but any victims facing hate for standing up uh, and mm. saying something all of that, and even the fact that all of these little nuances about this episode feel to me as relevant as they were in 2015. And yes, mm -hmm. that makes it seem like it's not towards a plot, but I think the ending and the sort of status mm -hmm. of our relationships in this episode mm -hmm. is the plot of season two. Ooh, that, that, those relationships. Diana and Mr. Peanut Butter, are they going to survive this Are they going to survive? Okay, before we get ahead of ourselves, we should probably do a summary. I know we, we got really excited because I'm really excited to talk about this episode. But do you want to hear a summary, Melina? Yes, yes, I do. Following Corduroy's death, Secretariat's filming is on pause. So Bojack and Diane embark on a book tour for the paperback launch of One Trick Pony. On tour, Diane mentions existing allegations against celebrity and Mr. Peanut Butter's idol, Hank Hippopopoulos. Chaos ensues as the press gets wind and makes Diane the target for public hate, overtaking the book tour and the launch of Mr. Peanut Butter's new game show, Hollywood Stars and Celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. That follows Hank's Hey, I Think You Can Dance on Wanda's network, MBN. Mm -hmm. was that a good summary mm -hmm. everything's connected yeah everything is connected <laughs> that last sentence was this impacts mr peanut butter's new show mr peanut butter's new show is on wanda bojack's girlfriend's network and also hank is on that mm -hmm. network mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. a small world in hollywood you know everything is connected people know people yes they do for decades especially since that first like comedy award thingy i think that's when they all officially met right yes like bojack and hank and mr peanut butter and mr peanut butter's ex-wife yes and we met mr peanut butter's ex-wife i think it was really interesting because that's when they're young and it's funny because mr peanut butter uh, so far we've seen him do that joke what is this a crossover episode and then just sort of, <laughs> you know drop into conversations and then leave every time he saw bojack mm -hmm. and he stole that from his wife, ex-wife. No, not from his ex-wife. Oh, no. He stole that from Hank. Oh, I thought he stole that, at least the whole, like, leaving in the middle of a conversation. Like, his <laughs> ex-wife seemed to have just, like, left. Like, he seemed more, like, at least from the few, maybe maybe I was reading it wrong, yeah. but, like, from the few seconds we saw that, he seemed, like, he didn't seem as... 
like just like he see uh, he just he didn't seem like as much like I like I can't I only care about talking with you like he tended to be more oh, like yeah like rounded before if and like, one he would kind of just leave without completing a conversation his ex yeah that. I would say yeah. that exact joke what is this a crossover episode is something that mm-hmm. Hank actually says this episode and Mr Peanut Butter says that I'm going off dialogue but I think that behavior uh, is also there. But Katrina does that because she seems really like unhappy. And I like how Mr. Peanut Butter, I think this is, he says his friends told him to get a prenup, but he said, no, it's love. Why am I getting a prenup? And then Katrina goes away and her hand is down a busboy's pants. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, (laughs) that part. He goes, oh no, uh, Katrina, why are your hands down that busboy's pants? Or I think he tells Bojack that he has to rescue his wife's hands from that that busboy's pants. So, I think he should have gotten that prenup. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe this is why he's so jaded. Maybe. I don't think he's that jaded, but I do think that he he really believed in love. We should talk about the crux of this episode, which was Diane bringing up allegations against Hank Hippopolis. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say... That time, uh, 2015, 2016, 2017, all that time, there was definitely a lot of things in the media um, where that a lot of that was coming up. Which is pretty interesting. So uh, I was looking this up. So we're obviously talking about the Me Too movement and Time's Up. And the actual history of the Me Too movement, it didn't become, like, it's much older. The first instance of using Me Too in this context and to specifically refer to um, a sexual abuse was in 2006. So that's really, really old. But it didn't actually become popular and widespread. Popular is a weird way to say it, but it didn't become widespread in its usage until uh, about 2017 when allegations against Harvey Weinstein became uh, widespread and and people were speaking out against that. And a lot of women uh, came out to speak on that, a lot of people in the industry, and it was very polarizing. But this episode came out in 2015, two years prior. Mm-hmm. so i think there was a build-up to it because in 2015 so there was a woman her name was ambra Gu- guterres i think i've completely butchered that i'm so sorry but she actually spoke out and filed a report against weinstein and that mm-hmm. was sort of the first time someone it, it was i guess public but one thing that is different in this case is and it's something that i don't think people talk about is when you file a case against someone, you make an allegation, it's like public information, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Diane wasn't really accusing anyone of anything. She's like, just Google them. This is public information. You can look it up. And especially there are several people who made the same sort of allegation that's public. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really just the power of both PR people and also just people's, I don't want to say this, but I'm saying this willful ignorance like we want to believe that people we see on tv are good people we want them to continue to be the type of person we think they are in our head and we have this confirmation bias and mm-hmm. you know diane was like look it up they're right there and we ignore the voices of like so many people and just like evidence yeah i mean i think that's the same not even just like with celebrities but even say if it was like a family member that we liked yes and if they did like we want to for people that we like yeah. we want to think that they're good people so if someone we knew we could have I could, one of us could have a friend who could be doing these kind of things it's like it's kind of hard to 
want to believe that they would do something like that. Yeah. Because it's hard for, I think it's part of it is like, it's hard to see people as being good, but also being capable of doing, okay, quote unquote, being good people, but capable of being, quote unquote, doing bad things. Yeah. And I think that goes back to something, Melina, that you brought up, which is like, mm-hmm. we're so quick to say good or bad, but there's sort of this mm-hmm. degree of neutral. I'm not saying that what they do isn't bad. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that sexual abuse and sexual harassment and, and sexual crimes and violence is not bad. I'm just saying we want to categorize people as good or bad. And when we do that mm-hmm. black and white, I think it makes it really hard once we've categorized someone as good to see them capable of doing anything bad. Right. Mm-hmm. As you're mentioning. Right. We, we put them in that bucket instead of just seeing them as a person who's going to make wrong actions and good actions. And it's like wrong. Some actions that are bad, some actions that are good and realize that we need to one is if something goes wrong, you need to early give them feedback and say that it's bad and we need to fix this. And sometimes I think there's a lot of leeway in society when you have power that you can get away with some of your your negative actions and not get any repercussions. There's no consequences. And that makes mm-hmm. makes it possible for people to keep getting away with those things and maintaining that good image. And the longer mm-hmm. they're able to get away with it, I think the more powerful they feel in a lot of these situations. And it's because mm-hmm. we have these boxes instead of just being like, they're people, they can do good things and they can do bad things. You mm-hmm. got to make sure you actually make them face the consequences for their negative actions. But that doesn't mean you can't grow. Like, I don't want to... This, this is such a weird thing to say that they can't grow, but like, I want people to get consequences and then grow Uh, yeah and that is ideal but i guess especially when it gets into like business and when there's money involved like when diane i forget the magazine that she went to yeah like there was a magazine she was gonna go to i think it was vanity fair but there was a a bit of an animal pun twist manity (laughs) fair yes manity fair um and like in the at the very end, like they didn't want to pr- go on with the story because they were like, oh, like the funders are people who will like benefit from Hank Hippopotamus's show. Yes. So then there's like that amount of power. Yeah, they benefit from their... that good box. They benefit from the, there's money for being put in that good box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there's incentive to hide anything that would make them not in that good box. Because I think also as humans, it's really easy for us to characterize it, but it's it's sad because they're hiding and burying the bad stuff. At the same time, Diane's just saying, like, you can Google this shit. Like, you can look it up. They're yeah. hiding, but it's not, like, really hard to hide it, which makes it even worse and frustrating. Um, just really frustrating. In addition to, I know we're talking about the Me Too movement. We're talking about, you know, very frustrating topics of just having victims silenced um, for so long and having people kind of get away with things. That's the frustrating part is the allegations against Hank Hippopolis were all employees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what was interesting was that none of them was willing to speak to Diane. Like when she, I think she tried to reach out to all seven yeah. of them. Yeah. And like not a single one. So I, I'm wondering, like, did they get paid off to not speak? Or was it like it wasn't going to do anything even if they did try to speak? Yeah, I feel like I know a lot of people in that second category, Melina, where it's mm-hmm. like, it's not going to do anything, so why bother? Mm-hmm. The number of cases that are actually reported of sexual assault, and these were all allegations that were reported, and nothing actually came out of them, right? So eight people actually reported it. it makes you think of mm-hmm. how many people were not reported, because the, the stats are, a lot of them aren't reported. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so it's already like a pool, like half that pool, even lesser reported. So I have a link that I also want to send in the description. I always have so many links in podcasts to one of the most frustrating podcasts I've ever listened to. I know frustrating is not how I sell it, but listeners, if this is something you're passionate about, this is something you're frustrated about, this just enrages you as it does me. There is a Today Explained podcast about rape kits. And Mm -hmm. uh, rape kit is essentially when you report a sexual assault, um, Mm. they take DNA, right? Or they take any type of evidence they can find and typically includes things like, uh, you know, skin that you might have found under your fingernails, anything from any discharge or bodily fluids or anything that they get and they store that DNA so that along with your police report, they have like physical evidence. Mm -hmm. And the responsibility of the police is to run that DNA material. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all, not every um, uh, sexual assault gets reported. Mm -hmm. In fact, very few do. On top of Mm -hmm. that, after they get reported, and in in the case in which, uh, especially a victim is going through a kind of demeaning process after this traumatic incident of getting DNA collected off of their body, which is Mm -hmm. traumatic, right? Already the experience is bad. Now you're going through this, right? Sorry, I'm getting angry. On top of that, they weren't testing the rape kits. They weren't doing any DNA testing for the rape kits. They were getting filed away in warehouses, in police warehouses, in closed boxes. Why? They knew their accusers. So why bother running the kit? And that leads to mm-hmm. thousands of untested rape kits. Mm-hmm. Melina, in the podcast, they say 12,000 in LA, 17,000 in, in New York City. And they have a test case with Cleveland where they have 7,000 untested. It's a mid-sized city, 7,000. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Cleveland actually put a task force into investigating it. And they it's 2019. They started in 2013. And in 2019, when this podcast came out, they still hadn't finished processing all 7,000. And they convicted 450 men. And they saw they were serial rapists. Most of these were serial. They could have stopped some of these crimes if they had just run these earlier. They could have gone through a lot of, like, hurt a lot more people in the meantime. The whole, like, you're just gonna, like, let them wander on the streets? It's like, no. It's like... If only they'd believed these women. This enrages me. I had heard of some of the like, the slow processing times, but I did not realize it was, like, that slow and that they actually even needed to put together a a task force specifically to go through the processing and the fact that it took them so long like you said like it took them so long to to catch these people and to charge them it's like so i'm like by the time they finish the processing like there might be more than 1000 people um and i'm assuming more kids would have come in then that is ridiculous and i i see why you're very frustrated because i'm also frustrated listening to this and it's just, it's frustrating because it's like, this is the expectation of like our criminal system is to just process the data you have. And if there was more of that happening, I think there would also be more reporting because you know that you doing mm-hmm. something, you actually reporting results in some action. But after, after seeing, like, it's like after mm-hmm. seeing that if I report it, if I actually speak up, something happens that's going to incentivize people to actually speak up it's going to incentivize people to not feel like they're being silenced but i feel like the opposite's what's happening right in this case eight women said something against hank hippopopolis and nothing happened Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people forgot about it Mm -hmm. they were silent so why even bother speaking out and when diane who who's not even 
pointing it out. She just says, hey, you can look this up, is facing so much hate and anger from the public. I don't think it really incentivizes anyone to speak up when they're like, hey, we tried this already. Nothing really happened. And Diane is getting roasted on TV. Yeah. Sorry, there's a long rant. <laughs> I think with the internet, too, it's just even more complicated now. Yeah. Like, now with people who can make, like, deep, uh, I think they're called deep fakes. Oh, or like yes. video, yeah, deepfake videos were not that that's not completely related, but it's like it's easy to also falsify. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the chart that people are um, making false accusations, but there are there are also like um, I guess that's actually one of the main arguments I think against the the Me Too moment movement was that there are people who would fake being assaulted or raped, yeah. and hence so many men, or well, I'm gonna say men. Of course, like you can have females yeah. raping men and that and so and and anything else as well men and men and women women anyone really um a lot of like the people who call themselves the good guys yes not like nice guys but just the good guys yeah. again those wouldn't go boxes. <laughs> go on <laughs> yeah wouldn't go like say like oh like have like a dinner with a woman anymore without someone around because they're like oh what if this person like accuses me of something i wasn't aware of it yeah. like they're just like so much like complication and confusion yeah. and things that are like or things especially if people are like read things wrong or like oh my gosh it's just like and it's like one person can perceive one thing one way another can perceive the other way and it's like both of them can be true because they perceive them both yeah the same situation in their own ways exactly we infer things differently mm-hmm. the funny thing is when when people bring that up, and you're 100 right melina a lot of i've heard a lot of men bring up the fact that oh i'm always a scared I'm I'm scared I'm going to be accused of something. And I think, wow, as a woman, I'm scared I'm going to get attacked, murdered, and violated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a constant fear that I have mm-hmm. and constant anxiety that I'm going to be attacked physically, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I guess from the, the man's perspective, it's an emotional and um, sort of a reputation. But oftentimes, because they're not reported often, the rate of mm-hmm. false reporting is so low, but the rate mm-hmm. that you and the actual stats of you as a as a as a woman specifically encountering sexual assault is extremely high. I also feel that the media. I don't know if yeah. it's true because I've only looked at a few stories yes. that blew up. Like they, if there was a false one, a false report, because it's so rare. They blow up really big. Yeah, it blow the fake ones get blown up. They're used as plot points all the time. Like I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that you have like a drama where they'll be like, you know what I'll do to like make this guy's life awful? I'm gonna say that he raped me. That doesn't actually happen that often, but it's like a very common plot point. And this might be super incendiary, but it's in the same way where I don't like it where I'm watching a show and they make it seem like the person who committed a crime has a mental health condition, and I'm like, this vilifies mental health. Right. In that Mm -hmm. same sense, if every time someone is trying to do an accusation, they make it a false report, it makes it seem like there's so many more false reports than there are. It's a very strong misrepresentation. And then in the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. and in people's heads, they're like, there's so many false reports when that's not the reality of the situation. And because Mm -hmm. we think there's so many false reports, we don't take real reports seriously. And after not Mm -hmm. taking real reports seriously, people are just going to stop reporting. And that just means we have crimes that go unpunished and more crimes that go unpunished more people think they'll get away with it and it's frustrating because the fix to the solution is putting the burden like people just say the victim should be stronger we put more and more of the burden on like 
the weakest link that's already been traumatized. Like there are already people who've been through trauma mm. and we're like, you you got to just handle more hate, more struggle instead of saying everyone else, let's do some of the heavy lifting. Let's make this a bit easier on them. Let's try to make sure that our uh, justice systems are more accountable. Let's make sure that our criminal forensics are actually processing information that they are. Let's mm. make sure when they report something, we do our due diligence and, and clean up instead of just immediately don't believe them and slander them. Like right away, Tom Jumbo Grumbo as an anchor started accusing Diane of like, who is she? What do we know about her? What what can we say about her? And and he added like, oh, or was it the anchor, the other anchor? One of them was like, oh, she's from Vietnam. They're bringing their communist ideal ideologies <laughs> over too. Yes, you're right. They brought in immediately was like attacking the person rather than the topic, and rather mm-hmm. than anything else, it's immediately like discrediting someone, right? Um, rather mm-hmm. than doing, let's do our due diligence and investigation on these allegations. And even when they talked about the eight women, they immediately, and I know the show is poking fun, but it is so poignant and so real in the fact that it's poking fun because this is what actually happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like very frustrating and both, like it, it both enrages me and it makes me so happy, Melina. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a lot of satire going on Yeah, in there's the show. a lot of satire in the show and it's just, this topic specifically, I could go on for probably way mm-hmm. too long because I just, yeah. it frustrates me to the end. And it makes me so sad, upset, and angry, and hurt, and all the feelings that, yes. How did you feel, mm-hmm. though, that Diane, she brought it up mm-hmm. because she this was a fact to her, right? Like, this is a fact. Like, you should know that mm-hmm. Hank still has money. He's getting interest. But she was just pointing out that, there are a lot of bad celebrities out there. This doesn't really make it a unique story, like Bojack's story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what did you think about her and Mr. Peanut Butter and the whole let it go situation? Even Bojack telling her to let it go. What did you think about that? Yeah. With Bojack's side, I'm like his girlfriend is being affected and all that too. But Yeah, because Wanda's network is only afloat because of Hank Hippopopoulos. Yeah, he's in, been in the industry for a lot longer, so I'm sure he's seen things. Oh, Maybe Bojack? he's been involved in things too, Bojack, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he was involved in things. He's <laughs> done he some too. questionable items, questionable things, I guess. might have gotten away with it too. Yeah, probably. Like, I have a very low bar for Bojack. <laughs> oh god, that seems awful. But, you know, I am i don't know whether it's just he's, he knows about it, has gotten away with it, but... um. I think his reaction was more about he wanted this tour to be about him. Oh, that part. Yeah. that he. Well, I mean, when does he not want something about him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves attention because I think it makes him feel validated. We talked about this last episode, but to make up for the fact that his parents didn't love him. Yeah. I mean, I think in this episode, like, there was probably a part of it where he also wanted to be like, Please don't focus on this other thing, like because it was really what the book tour really was supposed to be about him. Like, yeah, the book tour so was, was actually supposed to be about him. So he, he actually he did had have a right. Yeah, he did have a right. But um, but yeah, and I think derailed. Wanda also called him and talked to him about this, about how like, hey, I know this is important, but like, I may lose my job, and as you mentioned, it's complicated when it gets to the point of people's work. Yeah, when it comes down to dollars, because all those dollars. They they add up to people's jobs or livelihoods. Yeah, it's like messy, especially and like relationships and like especially when you take a stance that's controversial. Mm-hmm. Ew, yeah, there's gonna be issues, especially with what we've seen with Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's. Mm-hmm. Especially since Mr. Peanut Butter 
is going to be his coworker, direct coworker, yeah. and Diane is like Mr. Peanutbutter's wife. So there's like a mm-hmm. attention direct... at work. Yeah. But also, <laughs> his, the success of his new project relies on Hank because if uh, Hank's show is going to help get views for Mr. Peanutbutter's show and mm-hmm. helps that that network stay alive, so if he gets canceled as we mm-hmm. say now in our modern lingo, if he gets canceled, the network may have less views, things might drop, and then Mr. Peanut Butter Show could get canceled. And technically, Mr. Peanut Butter is broke. Yeah, he he needs that. He needs that money to support support his lifestyle, I guess. So, Lena, do you see the plot of season two? <laughs> that is complicated. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter, all these businesses, getting broke. Uh, having to go look for work again, having certain things go wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's basically it's like showing like Mr. Peanut Butter's career a little bit and their career afterwards, right? Like how their relationships and their career are working out. That's really season two right now. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, okay. I just go along with this story. Yeah, it kind of feels like a wild ride, but I like how it's sort of connected together, right? Like you don't notice all these individual things, how they're slowly progressing your lives. And Mm -hmm. if you draw a line from the beginning of season two to here, you can see their growth, their change, how they've had to sort of change things around. Like Diane's now married to Mr. Peanut Butter. They have a very different situation. Mr. Peanut Butter is now broke, right? And now Mm -hmm. their dynamic and their relationship has changed a lot bojack has now grown to the fact he's in a very healthy relationship mm-hmm. right and he's he's in love with wanda right we talked about that last <laughs> <laughs> yes allegedly but i think he is anyway so i, I like, think surprisingly not allegedly <laughs> oh surprisingly i'm so sorry <laughs> we've been talking so much about allegations anyway so yes yes but uh mr peanut butter mm-hmm. and diane they're um mr peanut butter telling her at the end might be good that you go to cordovia yeah, Aww. might be good. You go to Cordovia. Do you want to revise your prediction on how long their marriage will last? I think I had said six months, or like when she comes back from Cordovia. Yes, oh, okay, we'll keep that. We'll, you we'll said that. about um six months, and then it has to be when she comes back from Cordovia. Mm-hmm. And you said divorce by season three. Yeah, I'll keep that. <laughs> yes. I think we're on track. <laughs> Wanda and Bojack will last longer, but they will also end before season three. Maybe not before season three because we only have like a few episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it'll last long, but I still think that they will eventually break up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't think they're for the long haul? Okay. I, I no. Okay. No, I think that's fair. Like that information told a lot. I have a real question. How would you have handled the Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter relationship conflict of interest if you were Mr. Peanut Butter? <sighs> That's difficult. Yeah, I don't know how I would answer either, but I'm, I'm curious. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Like, I'm sure some people would say, like, oh my gosh, you're married. You should, like, stick with each other regardless. Yeah, while other you people seem, would like, be. very grumpy and upset with that statement, Melina. <laughs> oh, I was trying to m- mimic different voices. I so see, I see. And that was just voice. upset, surly, angry married person. <laughs> Are you trying to say something? Go on. And then other people will be like, oh my gosh, you should definitely break up. You guys have different values and aspirations. That was my other voice. They're not meaning that they're anyone. It's just voices. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's interesting. I don't know whether, so they do have different values. I don't know if they have very different values. Like I do think Mr. Peanut Butter cares mm-hmm. about 
women and the sexual assault allegations. Mm -hmm. What he cares about more is that this is an important project for him and he wants Diane to support him. And when she's doing this, it is hurting his project. Yeah, I guess like it's just as a matter of like what options do they have available to yeah. them? Because technically there are there are options available to both sides. Yeah. Like if they're not willing to get get like just like give up on like either yeah. Mr. Peanut Butter or just being like, Yeah, go for it, Diane, like do everything you want and maybe give up my show, but that's okay. And yeah. Miss and Diane also has the same um option of okay, whatever, I'll just let this go. Like Mr. Yeah. Peanut Butter, you have your show. But of course there's like other options like Miss Peanut Butter could eventually maybe find another show later on to be with. Yeah. Um, or, or he could actually call and see if they could get his show moved to a different network. Mm-hmm. Or he could, like, there's one thing is, like, if they aligned on the values for this, they could do that. Mm-hmm. Or Diane could, they could have a conversation about being like, hey, we both agree, as you mentioned, this is a value that's important to us. Mm-hmm. I understand your project is important. I can mm-hmm. wait until after your project yeah, i don't know like, if diane could have waited till after the project to continue the discussion because it just started picking up stream and she got really angry yeah and i think that was a choice though <laughs> diane kind of pushed further with it yeah even after like yeah. there was an active decision where she went back in the room and she doubled down on that yeah. effort that was an active choice yeah she could have respected his show was opening mm-hmm. waited a few months like i hate to say this but it's already been a few years since those allegations were out mm-hmm. if she had respected mr peanut butter's request as her husband and partner mm-hmm. and been like i'll wait a few months till he feels more comfortable and stable and then she should bring this up like i think this is an important fight and discussion to have mm-hmm. but then they would have been more stable and before she does this or when she's doing this make sure that her her partner has her back for both sides like i can see why they would act the way they did in both sides like he's desperate she's desperate when you're mm-hmm. both desperate you're your view, and of course, as we're saying this from an objective sense, we can yeah. view this objectively as well because we're not in the situation. Yeah, like we can be, we we can see these different options. But when they're like desperate and then they feel like, oh, these are such good opportunities, like yeah. we have to get a what, take it like while we can. Similar yeah. with like in real life, but if like, oh, you, like oh, this job opportunity, like oh, it's such a good opportunity. Oh my gosh, this like relationship person that yeah. I met. Oh, like there might be some red flags, but oh, the, the everything I've asked about him is so good. It's like yeah, it's like it's hard when you're in it to yeah. see those decisions. But we get to see it from this outside view mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's actually really interesting too, because I think about so many people who start working a certain job or a certain company and they're like, I need this to live and survive. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the situation Mr. Peanut Butter is kind of in though. He was happy with this footlocker job. You know, this <laughs> is definitely, he's working with his idol, right? Yeah. Like when you find something you really like, as you mentioned, there are red flags, but you choose to ignore them because you want to like it. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of where Mr. Peanut Butter is, but he liked it and he wanted support. And I think that they didn't have a frank discussion about that before, which I'm quite, shocked about how they didn't bring that up and the discussion was like i hate to say break mr peanut butter's idol but like before diane went back in the room he said do we you know do you don't make this into a big deal like can you please not and she Mm -hmm. could have been like i can make this not a big deal but we should talk about this because it's really concerning to me that someone you really admire i feel like has done some wrong things and we should discuss that when i get home. well i don't i don't think they were good about communication so this was brought up before when diane was talking with kelsey jennings 
about yeah. this was about like um stagnation and how yes. Kelsey was saying like well during the conversation like Diana was realizing like oh yeah they don't they don't really fight like they just kind of agree with each other mm-hmm. I think their last episode was when they really had a discussion about like when she was wanting to go to court Cordovia and he wasn't wanting yeah. like that I think that was like based on like the impressions we're getting from their from the yeah. show it's like they don't really talk about things no. and so even with, when this comes up it's like they don't really talk about it until they come to a point now that they have to talk about it yeah and now it's come to the point where they realize like Mr. Peanut but I think like I understood the place he was from Mm-hmm. Like he was like, my wife's getting death threats, and I specifically asked you to not make this a big deal. Mm-hmm. And Diane's like, this is important to me, and I'm frustrated because she wants to find purpose, and this made her feel like she has purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think Mr. Peanut Butter realizing that Diane needed something that really drove her and motivated her mm. and was important, and him saying, you should go to Cordovia, and them realizing they need space, mm. probably good. As you mentioned, they probably should have talked more they could have avoided the need for space a little bit but Mm -hmm. did you expect them to have this type of blowout i think you mentioned that you needed mr peanut butter to mature more before their marriage would work do you think he matured well they're talking so that's that's progress once she goes to cordovia will they still be talking (laughs) will 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 she end up as he says falling for the uh handsome bachelor Sebastian St. Clair. He <laughs> wants his large Toblerone. Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that killed me. Speaking of Cordovia, uh-huh. what did you think of Todd this episode? Oh my gosh. It's the Prince and the Pauper trope. The moment I saw they looked the same, I was like, oh, they're going to do this trope. I think what's funny is that Todd kind of like helped the people of Cordovia and started a worse war. Like at one point yeah. when... Gustav is is being the assistant. He like looks up and realizes that Todd has like donated a bunch of money and aid. Yeah, and like <laughs> fired like one of the advisors or something. Yeah, he fired a sketchy looking advisor and then he gave away all his royal wealth to help people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, Todd. But then he accidentally started some wars. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Bojack, Diane, it's important. And they're like, no, no, Todd, you're just being yourself again. Oh, no. <laughs> the funny thing was, I kind of expected Todd... Like, a part of me was thinking, is Todd going to just fix all the stuff in Cordovia and then Diane won't be able to go? Because it'll be all solved. Maybe. Maybe by the time she gets there. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Mm. But I bet, like, there's so much other chaos in the world. I'm assuming Sebastian St. Clair is handling more than just Cordovia. Probably. Also, he should not be doing surgery. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm glad we had this episode. It was really fun. Uh, I know it was a really depressing topic, but I think that it it talked, it was like a really important discussion to have, but it was mm-hmm. a good way to sort of show how Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane mm-hmm. can butt heads because they have sort of different views. Mm-hmm. Right? While still being topical, actually ahead of its time, because it came out in 2015 about a topic that became big in 2017 you know, have this discussion with your friends, bring this up as a topic. Cause I think talking about it helps people realize it's a problem mm-hmm. and helps us work towards a solution, but we'll see. And we'll also see about your predictions for all these relationships. <laughs> yes. I'm excited. <laughs> yep. So we'll find out next episode. Bye. Bye. 
Follow us on our socials. We're Yakin' About Bojack on Instagram and Yakin' About Pod on Reddit. You can listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Yakin' About Bojack is produced, recorded, and edited by Melina and Aditi. Music is by Podcast Co.'s royalty-free album, Keep Calm and Podcast, the song One Fine Day. All thoughts on this podcast are personal opinions. If you or someone you know is experiencing issues with addiction, substance abuse, or any of the topics mentioned in this episode, please know there is hope and seek professional help.